on this episode of the Michigan State of Sports. Big time road wins for Michigan and Michigan State. And the Lions, well, they're still winless. We talk about it next on the Michigan State of Sports. Well, welcome in, welcome in. How's everyone doing? Welcome one, welcome all. I am Jake Prima. He is Tony Garcia. It is another edition of the Michigan State of Sports. I'm trying to wake up a little bit here, Tony Garcia. It's early. We're locked and loaded, ready to go for another edition of the Michigan State of Sports. How are you, my friend? Do you need me to bring the energy? Because yeah, I, I still I, got it from I Saturday. I'm the energy guy. And, and Woo! Let's go! What's up, bro? Not too I'm much. living. I, I'm, I was just going to say, there's nothing worse than artificial manufactured energy, and that was about as artificial as it gets. So I, I And mine I, too, yeah. <laughs> No, no, but I'm good. Um, you got to be doing really well. You're Spartans. They just keep winning, and all they do is win. Yeah, it's true. I So I, I ended up calling one of my buddies. Because, uh, I mean, it's not like when we were in college and we're all watching every game together, living or dying with every moment. And, I mean, we talk every now and then, but you just can't catch up like you used to. And I called one of them after the game, and I was like, so are we going to talk about this? Like, <laughs> like, are we watching what's happening? Did we? Did anyone expect this um, unbelievably fun weekend for Michigan State fans? Obviously, um, same with Michigan. Man, this collision course feels very, very real. And I was There's talking about it. Thing. There's only one thing that could ruin this collision course. The cats? The cats, man. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday, the Northwestern Wildcats fresh off a bye, so they're going to be rested. Red, no, I kid, I kid. No, it, it does feel, sorry to cut you off, but it does feel like these two teams, like we're just trending for this huge showdown on October 30th, which is going to be so fun. Yeah, it will be. And the difficult part, the really difficult part about it is is still thinking of these teams individually because in this state, we're just conditioned to say, oh, what's Michigan doing? What's Michigan oh, yeah, State doing? You yeah, and you just compare one another instead of, well, Michigan State's playing really well doing this. Michigan's playing really well doing this. Like, don't worry. I mean, I'm talking to myself, too. Like, they will get to each other. They will inevitably meet. And when they do, then that's when we should talk about them together. But I just keep, I mean, we all, I mean, everyone who's, oh, Tony, you're Sparty. Of course, you're just living in Michigan chat. I mean, Michigan State fans say the same thing again about Michigan. It goes both ways. And it's just been, nobody could have seen this coming. Nobody could have seen both teams six and zero, top ten right now. You just took the hoodie off for me, bud. Look at the haircut. Oh yeah, high where'd and the tight, lettuce man. go? Yeah, high and tight. I look like Mo from Three Stooges, but you know what? It's <laughs> it is what it is. So um, I was I was <laughs> I was trying. I forgot that I got uh, my haircut. And it's super short now. But all right, that's a that's a great uh, a great uh, distraction here on this uh, audio only medium. But I want to talk Michigan State, Michigan, both six and zero. Both in, I don't want to call winning at Rutgers a statement win, but it you still like to see Michigan State getting that victory because there there was I mean the way Rutgers and Michigan played I hate to do the you know oh well we beat them this way and that they beat them that way type of comparison but there was this was not a, a slam dunk shoe and win for Michigan State I don't think anything is um, in in this season yet however Michigan's win also that's the type of game that you just haven't seen. Michigan win under Harbaugh on the road, overcoming a little bit of adversity. And I'm wondering, like, what what is more surprising to you, Michigan being undefeated or Michigan State? All right. Well, I, I want to try to tackle these one at a time briefly. So, like you said, with the Michigan State game, um, I mean, I don't know about about 
statement or anything in in the win is not a statement the way in which they won was the statement right i mean it's it's these unbelievable explosive offensive plays that's that was sort of the coming out right like michigan state was favored by five and a half you expected them to take care of business but still because this is still this new this winning thing this explosive offense it's still new and so all week long until about Thursday, Friday, oh, yeah, it's Rutgers. No problem, no problem. Then Saturday rolls around, well, you know, I mean, if this goes wrong, that goes wrong. You saw what happened to Michigan. And then sort of disaster strikes on that on that first series, the, the botched snap. They get this crazy third and 18. Rutgers goes up seven. But I texted my buddies. I was like, you know, I mean, if you actually watched what happened on those series in the, uh, in the line of scrimmage, it was very telling. And it was all going Michigan State's way. Michigan State was living in the backfield initially on defense. They were getting a ton of push early. And so it would just the game flow sort of needed to to, to settle in. Um, so to answer your question, even though I haven't touched on Michigan yet, I'm more surprised that Michigan State is, is unbeaten. Quite well, frankly, it does look like a different. I mean, it it sounds cheesy and cliche, so that's my specialty. But a, a, just a total changing of the guard for what Mel Tucker has brought and represented. It's just so polar opposite to some of those teams at the end of the D'Antonio area and uh, area era. And I, I know I don't have to tell you, but the, the explosive, the 94 yard run by Kenneth Walker, the, the long passes, you're just watching this thinking, all right, it's a new Michigan state. This is kind of fun. And obviously for me, it, it's, it's not nearly as exciting and fun as it is for you because you, you bleed green and, 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 and you know, ditch our other alma mater and, and, oh, and turn your back. I, I, I claim them when it's convenient, when it's convenient. Oh, no. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But Michigan, on the other hand, um, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And so I want to just wrap up Michigan state real quickly. And something I've been thinking the last few weeks is like, like you said, like how drastically different this is from the end of the D'Antonio era, right? And it just goes to show, in my opinion, how much of this sport, and Michigan does too, it's a great case study on it, how much of this sport is mental and heart and will and your ability to, to rally behind your guys and your coaching staff. Look at this Michigan State offense. It was almost entirely here in Mark D'Antonio's last year. Granted, these were all players who were two and a half years younger. Uh, certainly not what they are, what they are now. But I mean, if you look at Jaden Reed, Mark Antonio got him to transfer. Trey Mosley, Jalen Naylor, all Mark Antonio guys. Peyton Thorne got him to commit inst- instead of going to Western. The entire offensive line, other than the transfer, Jarrett Horst, nine of eleven starters on this Michigan State offense are D'Antonio guys. So this cupboard is not quite or was not quite as bare as we may have thought it was. However. This never would have happened under the other staff because it had gotten old and stale and washed up. The players still were not quite as bad, nowhere clearly, as as they had been playing in in 2019. And it makes you realize how hurt D'Antonio was when that Jaden Reed transfer didn't go through. In 2019, that's actually, it's a different team. And Jalen Naylor broke his hand that year. So you start realizing and putting, like you do the, the retrospective and realize, wow, it was not as bad as it was as we saw, and, and we kind of missed a few things here and there, um, but but certainly the credit still goes to Mel Tucker and the players because even though that might be the case now, nobody knew that, and nobody could have seen could have seen this coming. And with the whole attitude Michigan thing, this feels. How long have I been obnoxiously talking about get rid of that Michigan attitude? This you hear them talking about. It. This feels different. They're like, Cade McNamara said as much. He said we would not have won this game last year. We didn't have we didn't have the right guys, and that's the thing. They're finally it looks like starting to get it. 
Now, did Cade McNamara say that because he was being interviewed because Jim Harbaugh had just uh, stiff armed Molly McGrath and uh, <laughs> ran past her and then trampled over her um, in the most disrespectful way? I, I got into kind of a heated discussion about that with some buddies. Oh, he didn't do it on purpose. And and so I know that's not the takeaway of the game. And I'm being that that guy right now. And oh, you're just a loud mouth media guy that uh, wants to make a controversy out of nothing. I just think I was like. And when I saw that, I was like, really? Come on. Really? Really? That, that's and anyone mean. who knows you knows how you hate that controversy, like the, the starting it out of nothing stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, that's me all the way, you know. And sometimes I take slack from my boys because I've been critical of Harbaugh. And I don't know why I've been critical of him. You know, he's been there seven years and has accomplished so much. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he he deserve, he doesn't deserve to have someone be critical of him. But anyways, um, that should not be the takeaway. But what I, I there was when I saw this, just another Another instance of when Harbaugh has these antics, you're just like, what scratching your head, you know, like, what are we, what are we doing here? Yeah. And I, you know what, as a Michigan fan, if these are the antics that we're going to now be living with, as long as he's not having sleepovers and climbing trees, if he's stiff arming reporters after wins on the road. Yeah. Give me those antics. Okay. Give me those antics. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's get, yeah. And you know what? I feel bad that I even led with that because like I said, that's not the story. That's not the takeaway. I just, I, I was, I was. It's a thought. Yes. You're allowed to have thoughts, Jake. This, and we, we did say, full disclosure, this is kind of a brain dump episode, which is kind of scary, especially when I'm talking, because when, when you find out what's going on between the ears here, it is a scary, scary place. But Michigan, watching that game, one the way the third quarter went where Nebraska had all the momentum, they were not scoring at will, but they were making the plays and seemed like they were dictating the game. It just, it felt like one of those times where you look back and, and Michigan didn't win those games. And I know you said that and Cade McNamara said that, but I would have, and I'm glad I didn't, but had I been betting the game, I would have put everything on Nebraska live betting the game. Yeah. Oh, certainly. The, the the way it trended. I mean, one of the most, I mean, this win in my mind means so much more than last week's Wisconsin win, right? Because I mean, true adversity, a team that can beat you through the air, through the, uh, and on the ground, um, a team that has a solid defense, a solid defensive front. They're not Wisconsin, but just more to play for. I mean, Nebraska felt like they had been working towards this game and and so for Michigan to not only take a, take a lead, which they needed to do, to give that up, and then to your point, just w- just withstand it. It's it's so on you. Like I don't know what is more off brand. Michigan like fighting this adversity and rallying from behind against a team that is better than its record says it is on the road, or Michigan State just bombing sixty five yard touchdowns down the field left after right. Like these are not our Michigan State Michigan like programs who what are is happening teams? you know it's like it's like what where wh- this isn't right you know you got to like readjust the 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 television to make sure you're actually watching michigan and michigan state but uh i do think um brad hawkins deserves a lot of credit for that that play late with forcing the fumble and then recovering it um and there i am with the expert analysis but though it wasn't like i wouldn't even say nebraska lost that game as much as michigan won it and I know those that's cliche and stupid to say. Um, and one of these times I'm going to say something that's not stupid and cliche, but Michigan made plays down the stretch to win that game. I mean, 
we say, I mean, stupid cliche things are stupid cliche for a reason, right? It's because they're true. It's because they're frequently true. And that was the case again. You're absolutely right. Um, I, many Michigan teams would have folded and you fall down behind, you give up, what was it? It's like 17 unanswered. It was 19 to seven. It was 19 to seven. Then it was 26, 22, whatever. So whatever that type of math is 19 to three run. And, and they just didn't, they just never gave in. And uh, which brings us to the man who we had our show, it brings me to the man we had on our last episode. We didn't even address how we did an awful job last week with schedules and not getting to it. But the last time we were on these airways, we had the wonderful Jim Costa on. I want to know, have you been hearing what he's been saying this past week about Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy and when Michigan is really at their peak and transfer and, and, and making this flip? I want to know where you stand on the Michigan quarterback situation. The quarterback controversy. Yeah. I, I think, and this is this is more of a philosophy thing than a specific um, approach to Michigan. I think a guy has to lose a job more than something has to be taken away from him based on potential. I'll use, I'll use Oklahoma. I think Spencer Rattler lost that job because the guy was not making plays. He, he was not, he was clearly not giving you the best opportunity to win. And I don't think you can emphatically say that yet with a JJ McCarthy because the sample size is so small. So I, and I don't think Cade McNamara has lost the job. And so if, if, if I'm Michigan, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I know that's a scary thought, right? <laughs> but I, I think, my my guy has to lose the job and it has to be unequivocally clear that option number two gives us a better opportunity to win the football game. And I don't think we're there yet with Michigan. Yeah, honestly, I think they've handled this court. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll try to be honest. Um, I think Michigan's handled this quarterback thing pretty well because you do want to bring McCarthy along a right. little bit. But I think coming out of camp, he probably was not fully ready. And if you give the job to the freshman, you realize he's not ready, and then you go to McNamara, then I mean both their confidence is already shot, right? And right. so and so I and that's sort of what you're looking at now. Maybe when do we bring Kate in or excuse me, JJ in and are we gonna make this flip or is it still gonna sort of be this two horse thing? And I, I actually do agree with Costa. I think the very best version of this Michigan team is with JJ McCarthy at quarterback. I I actually do. Um, just because his ceiling is higher. So when everyone's playing at their best, but I don't think he would be able to reach his ceiling this year. So is this year really a year where you can go for it, where you can win, a, where you could beat Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan State with Cade and maybe get to Indy? If so, you probably keep rolling because if not, then you'd better get there. Or it's the situation we said at the beginning of the year, everyone's confidence is shot. Nobody has the job. Nobody led them to where they wanted. And it's a lot of confusion. A trick. So I think I just had verbal diarrhea for two minutes, said absolutely nothing of substance. Um, but no, I actually, I, I just want to say it's, it is a tricky situation. Say that again. I just want to say it is a tricky situation. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's super dicey. And it's I, I don't beat yourself up because. As you're rambling along, I'm kind of nodding like, oh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So maybe we're just two ramblers that uh, two Loyola ramblers. Loyola ramblers. Yes, yes. That uh, go on and on with uh, verbal diarrhea. But no, it does because it's so dicey. And I love the I love the oh, these are these are just 18 to 21 year old kids. You know, we got to remember that these are not superstar professional athletes, uh, but NIL. So they are now. Um, but actually, I do think you there's something to be said about carefully and 
I don't know what the right word is, but just treading lightly with kids' confidence. You need um, to be calculated. Yeah. I think is kind of the word. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're a much better journalist than me, obviously. But when you bring, to your point, when you bring JJ McCarthy along as part of the equation, and it almost has like this trajectory that's climbing up as I make the mountain sign with my hand here that you know he's trending towards becoming the guy when the time is right as opposed to this roller coaster up and down our all right throw jj in there we need a spark oh he's not the guy bring back kate and it's it's less uh less calculated yeah we'll go with that yeah it is good that they're not doing that yo-yo correct correct yes, sure, yes, certainly yes. so i think overall they're doing a good job but that's why like and this is why I think it sort of comes back to those games early on, Western, Northern Illinois, when they're not throwing it much. And you and I have had this same discussion, like, oh, like, you're not going to beat Indiana later because you passed more against Northern Illinois, right? And we're like, well, no, not, no, you, you won't necessarily, but you might find out a little more. And that's when maybe we could have got a few more of those answers about Cade one way or the other, or one answers about JJ one way or the other and and just give them a little more opportunity Maybe. early on and and I know like but I'm still putting yeah. my I'm putting my feet down on that whole like oh you know if, if JJ would have thrown five more passes in that Western Michigan game he looks a hell of a lot better in week 12. It's I don't believe that he, it's not that he's better it's that he looks better he opens more eyes he gets a few more throws each game instead of 14 passes right now he has 40 passes so he has the equivalent of another game or right. and a half under his belt and maybe there's more i mean maybe this isn't what michigan wants maybe you don't want clamoring maybe you want i mean michigan's always just had the game manager quarterback right and they've kind of underachieved but maybe this year is different for what it's worth they're not going to win the big town with kate mcnamara that's my opinion and that's why i think they might need to make a change interesting i'm that's not the only there, i'm not that down on kate mcnamara and that's it i think it's a good um a good segue if you'll if you'll follow me along with this how about the big 10 five teams in the top 10 the, the latest ap top 10 and we've had a couple of episodes where we've done more of a Big Ten lens or approach to it. And yes, it's been heavy Michigan, Michigan State, but you've got Iowa who's looking like, I mean, and also college football in general was kind of tipped upside down over the weekend with Alabama losing. And, you know, the now Georgia number one, obviously, Iowa number two and Cincinnati all the way up to number three. It feels like if we may just nerd out a little general college football here that Cincinnati controls their own destiny. We'll have a chance to be the first group of five in the playoffs and the big 10 East best division in football. I'm thinking no one can see that. I, <laughs> I mean, the argument could certainly be, everyone's like, did the podcast just end? Why is yeah, it they're, they're um, like refreshing? Oh, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's God, buffering. It Spotify. Uh, you know, my, my brain is buffering. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, four teams in the top, 10 all on one side of a division no one else can say that not even really close so certainly by the standings by the rankings now none of the four have played each other right, right. losses will be had they will be handing them around um and they'll sort of be playing hot potato with these losses these four teams will over the final month and a half um really it's over the final month i don't i think the very first time any of these teams meet is that halloween weekend so november is going to be insane in the big 10 
But yeah, the top is really, really, really strong. Um, as strong as I can remember it, frankly, especially in comparison to, to, to the rest of the country, right? And so, yeah, I mean, Iowa second, Cincinnati third, Clemson out of the top 25, Bama with a loss in October. This is just how we had the college football season going this <laughs> Bizarre. I do feel bad for, um, not feel bad, it's part of the game, but uh, yeah, Penn State, their loss to Iowa with Clifford, Sean Clifford getting hurt. Um, you hate to see that. Obviously, it had a huge impact on the game. And I think Penn State with zero depth at the quarterback position, just simply their their destiny lies in the hands of Sean Clifford's health. No. Yep. No, it, do- it does. And, and frankly, most teams like their your success is tied to your starting quarterback, right? Like that's not like, oh, you don't have enough depth. No, You're give me credit Iowa. for a hot take. On this Monday morning, Tony Garcia. I'm sorry. I know it's a, it was another lukewarm take, but um, and, and I said that none of these teams have lost. I meant they haven't lost to one another in East Division. Yes, I know Ohio State's lost to Oregon, and Iowa just lost to to or Penn State just lost to Iowa. I'm aware of that. I'm just saying within the within the realm of what they're going to play each other, heavyweight fight style. Yeah, they are. They are, and so it's it's. I mean, it's a really fun year for the Big Ten. Because it's not just Ohio State and Wisconsin, and it had been for many, many years. Um, who who's the best of these? Who's the worst of the? We're doing the four, the four Big Ten East teams. Who's the best? Who's the worst? Who 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 who? That's a that's a nod to the Dan Patrick Show, and anyone says who who who, everybody like an owl goes who who. Um, thanks, Jake. Really really interesting part of the podcast there. Um, <laughs> All right, best. I actually we had this discussion last night on ninety seven one the cricket, and the people calling up. Oh, Ohio State needs to be dethroned before you can say they're not the best. And unfortunately, I hate to ever agree with callers, but I that Ohio State team that we saw just lay a complete egg against Oregon, I think is drastically improved in a short amount of time. And I don't know to what level, but. I'm still weary of just turning the page on the Ohio State Buckeyes, given the amount of success they've had and the dynasty that they've been in the Big Ten East. Yeah. Uh, let's look at uh, C.J. Stroud the last two games. 400, 475 yards, completing over th- uh, 73% of his passes, 10 touchdowns, and no interceptions. I think he's okay. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I think they I think they survived. Um, yeah. It's obviously Ohio State that's the best team. Yeah, didn't I? Didn't I one time on this program say Michigan was never going to win a Big Ten title? So obviously, I have to stick with that. Yeah, you have said the you said the next time Michigan was going to win a Big Ten title was in twenty like forty one or something. It was it was uh, you had them last out of all Michigan and Michigan State and Detroit sports teams. Uh, wouldn't to, I sound like an idiot? That wouldn't be the first time though. What wouldn't be the first? Um, Ohio State's the best. Michigan State is not the worst of these four teams. And I'm trying to figure out if it's Michigan or Penn State. How long? What's Sean Clifford's situation? Yeah. Do we know, and he, do we know he, that? If no Clifford, then Penn State is the worst. Right, 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 right. And I should uh, – this is great, great podcast. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's click away. <laughs> oh, I know. Google into our microphones. Yeah, I know all about. I know all about um, Sean Clifford here. Du, 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 and I just clicked the wrong tab. And well, here I will continue to to, to babble as you as you look up uh, the, the stats that we probably should have known. Man, so 
So I guess everyone wants us to rank. I say everyone. I came up with this exercise. Uh, so what we're sort of doing is putting these four in order, right? So Ohio State first. If there is no Clifford, Penn State goes four. I feel comfortable-ish with that, even though they're only losses to a very, very good team. So then Michigan, Michigan State, where do we put them? Does it matter? No. Are we going to do this anyway? Because it's fun, obviously. So I was sort of, there's two ways to compare teams, right? Offense against defense, defense against offense, what have you, or unit by unit. Whose quarterback is better? Whose lines are better? Whose secondary is better? Whose special teams are better? And I was doing that sort of exercise. And I ended up coming away with Michigan State being the better team. When I match them up strength on strength, it's it's certainly, which is what's going to happen in the game, it, it's closer, right? Michigan's best part of its uh, team is probably, I don't know, either it's rushing offense or maybe just it's defense overall. I'd probably say defense um, and Michigan State, State's strength, easy enough for me to say, is its offense, right? And so, I mean, Michigan's, Michigan has great players in the secondary, right? I mean, you saw Dax Hill with big-time pick, big-time pass breakup. Uh, I mean, you see them, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson and, and different guys living living in the backfield when they want to. Um, they haven't been tested all that much other, until the second half against Nebraska when they kind of looked like a sieve a little bit. So I want to hear how you think these teams match up, and then I'm going to just give one last little breakdown. All right. Well, first, a uh, breaking news report heard first here on the Michigan State of Sports. Um, after several minutes of frantically Googling Sean Clifford's status, um, I actually found out that James Franklin doesn't speak on injuries. So that's why I couldn't find it. But uh, there's an article on Sports Illustrated that says he's got a couple of weeks to get healthy and we just have to do our best guess. So great work <laughs> right all right all right our job here is done right great work research team yeah we'll work on we'll we'll, we'll talk to the staff about uh the research there but uh go so ahead. i want to you do it with me um the if you will if you'll humor me we're instead of comparing units against one another which i was doing a bad job of as you research i want to do position by position whose quarterback is better michigan states or michigan's that's tough is it I'll take states. Yeah. 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 It's not tough. Okay. Who's wide receiver core is better? Um, gosh. I would say Michigan states. I think that one might be the widest of the bunch because of no, no Ronnie Bell. And no Ronnie Hurts. Bell. Right. Right. I mean, right. Michigan state's third best receiver. But offense. Not... Yeah. All right. Okay. We're, we're getting, we're getting into the weeds. We're getting, okay. We're just, we're doing one by one offensive line. Michigan's. Michigan. Okay. I mean, I could, I, I could go but there. Then you, I could. then you get into the rush, the run, you know, run blocking or pass blocking. And you know, how do you really grade the, unit? I was, so what I was going to do with the lines is I was probably going to put them at a wash because I haven't seen anything from either line to worry me that much. Probably yeah. the most concerning part of either team with any line was second state second half Michigan State versus Nebraska. That was the only half or few quarters where I saw either of these lines be the worst unit on the field consistently. So if you want to give the edge to Michigan, I mean I'm not going to lose sleep. I'll give the edge to Michigan. Okay, and now is when it really gets fun. Running backs. Michigan leads the nation or had for so long in in rushing, but don't tell me Kenneth Walker is not the best. Right, right. Right. I don't know what to do. Are we talking about a rushing attack or an individual player? Because I mean, it's the rushing attack because you have Michigan has Haskins and Quorum. They don't. They don't only get to use one of them. They get to use both. Yes, I'll take Michigan. 
Okay. I will never not take Kenneth Walker when he's doing what he's doing right now. And I hope everybody understands why. Right. So, um, I mean, that could also, I think that could very fairly also be called the push, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. If you're looking at the four things on, on, on offense, at least I'd say Michigan state has an advantage on two and sort of a push on two. Then special teams, I would call it probably a, a push as well. Um, (laughs) Contrary to how Michigan State played on special teams uh, last weekend against Nebraska, but I mean, both have reliable kickers. Um, especially, I mean, Moody has, I mean, he's got Mike, range, Jake right? Money Moody, as uh, Brandstetter calls him. Money Moody. So, so why, why Muddy Moody? Money, money, money. Like, oh, Money Moody. I thought you said Muddy. I was like, no, that's my bad. I got need, I need to enunciate more clearly. So, what, so what do you think? I'll let you uh, sort of take us through the defense if you want and finish the special teams comparison because Michigan yeah. State's got, I mean breed with the returns you know what I mean it's right right because I think special teams is such a difficult component of the game to actually project and rank out because some days your special teams can show up your special your special teams got to be special and then other days they you uh, an effective special teams is just not putting your offense or defense in any adverse situations you know um, and some of that is just dictated by how the flow of the game for that particular day is actually playing out but special teams wise i think because of the explosive nature that michigan state's units can offer you got to give them the edge there defensively defensively that's tough because michigan state has actually done a pretty good job of putting pressure on the quarterback and 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 if we're talking about a defensive line but then you look over at michigan and they got one of the best in the nation pass rushers in aiden hutchinson so i I, I I think I still give the edge to to Michigan on the defensive line. I would I would as well because um, I mean Michigan State like yes it is uh, this sort of bend don't break and they are doing a wonderful job keeping teams out of the end zone when when they get there but I mean you're get you're last in the in the Big Ten in in, in um, defensive in, in pass defense right and so yes that is partially by design yes a lot of it is because you're putting up so many points people are throwing and throwing and trying to play catch up but at the same time i mean it, it, it has been worrisome the i mean people know that you can use a tight end against michigan state you know you can run those eight yard outs right before the right before the sticks you know it's sort of soft shell coverage but but until it breaks i'm not going to be too worried right and so i will still give the edge to michigan but I think Michigan State's defense has been playing pretty much just how it wanted. And also, I mean, I think we should probably give like more more credit to like some of these other guys on, on this Michigan defense, right? Like it's not just Daxon Hill and Aiden Hutchinson. It's nope. Josh Ross and Only those uh, and Brad Hawkins, who you mentioned, and Chris Hinton and um uh Ajoba, Ajabo, the other defensive guy lineman, Ajabo, Ajabo. Um uh, he's like a spin down DN linebacker sort of thing. He's good. Um Mozzie Smith has been all right, flashes. So there's there's guys. They have they have guys. Michigan they got some dudes. They've yeah. never been they they have not been short on on, on talent in, no in years past. And again, that's not the issue this year. Not there hasn't really been much of an issue. And so that's why that would I explain both teams' undefeated records and explain the collision course we have lined up for the end of October. But Tony, only a couple minutes left. We did promise a little bit of Lions coverage, as depressing uh, as it is, because we're gonna start. I'm gonna start it this way: a little spin zone, a little twist. The Lions set a record um, over the <laughs> weekend, so they are in fact record setters. They become the first team 
in the modern NFL era, the Super Bowl era, if you will, to lose not one, but two games in the regular season on walk-off field goals of 50-plus yards. Yeah. And a little a little bonus, a little, a little cherry on top, both games were 19-17. to 17. So Ravens' 66-yard field goal made it 19-17 to 17 for the loss, and... Yesterday, Greg Joseph's 54-yard field goal as time expired made it 19 to 17. And the Vikings win, the Lions lose, the depression continues. 120 yards of field goals <laughs> as time expires for two losses. That is unbelievable. And, and man, it, it, that had never happened in a season. And for the Lions, they did it too. And, and not it would have been awesome if it was two consecutive weeks, but they mixed in a regular old loss there in between the two. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining. Again, oh, yeah, all right, that's again. a good point. And and some of the you know working the Lions post game show. Oh, cool, Jake. Um, you get a lot of the callers who are just emotional. The game just ended. That's one of the few things about live radio that it's actually beneficial is you can have that reaction in the moment. Everybody talk about it as it's happening instead of this on demand podcast stuff that all you millennials are so big on, but. That said, a lot of the emotional reactions are, ah, we suck again. We lost. But let's let's do a little, you know, and, and Dan Campbell's gut-wrenching post-game presser where he's not on the verge of tears, he's legitimately <laughs> crying, does make it a little bit more difficult to be like, oh, yeah, they just lost and we're working for the draft pick. It's just like the Pistons. We're being competitive, but we're losing games. I mean, there is a human factor there where you're like, ah. I like Dan Campbell and he's crying. A grown man is crying at the press conference. This is not fair. I do. I do want them to win and they can pull out one or two of the, like, I'm, I'm happy for that. But also like, what are we mad about? Was Taylor Decker out there? Was Frank Ragnow out there? I mean, was Hawkinson not, is he, like, is he not super banged up? Are they not missing half their secondary? Was this team not already depleted to begin with? Like, a roster barren of talent, and then you're missing half your best guys. What was going to happen? Right. Were you really yeah. expecting the, the Lions to come out here and, and win by 10? Their defense did a great job. They held that. I mean, they held Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has shredded the Lions before, right? Like we've seen him throw for 350 and three, four touchdowns. He held, he held them in check. It was a, the defense, um, Damon Reeves Maven, a big play at the end. You, you see ball, get ball. Grab ball, right? Like, like they, they did it. You you get the touchdown and you go for two. Yeah, you, you played to win. You're doing all the things right. You're just right. not very good. No, no doubt. I will say one concerning part to be that guy. Um, Everson Griffin kind of had a field day on Penny Sewell. Like, the Penny Sewell looked like a rookie at times. And I jokingly went, you know, when we went through the draft, and this is not a dive into Lions draft picks kind of episode, but I did jokingly say just because of the Northwestern connection, oh, Rashawn Slater is going to be a better pro than Penny Sewell. Look out. And he's been much better, like much, much better. But neither here nor there. I think uh, the big takeaway is. They're banged well, I think up. that's more been a, a testament to the fact that Rashawn Slayer is playing like a five-year vet right now. Because Panay Sewell, prior to yesterday, had been having a nice rookie season uh, through four through four weeks. Then okay, you know, I mean, and, I, he was oh. he was far down the list of concerns in my mind. Yeah, on this team, I mean that like, but you through four remember, weeks, I was not like, oh my god, we wasted a pick. What happened? 
That was not my takeaway. Yeah, that that's that. I'll leave those takes for me, the loudmouth media member that's just looking to stir up uh, controversy all the time. Um, because we should also add that uh, Justin Fields went on the road with a Chicago team and beat the Raiders in Las Vegas, who had were three and one prior. So it could have been us. Yeah, and and, and he looked great, right? No, I'm I'm not. I'm not. He I'm won. not. I'm not losing sleep on over Justin Fields. I am. Dude, he threw for 100 yards. He ran three times for 15 yards. In a winning effort, Tony. Because of his defense. That's fine. (laughs) I know. No, it's fine. He ain't it. He ain't it. (laughs) Should we just, like, actually get into it and then just end the episode because we're out of time? And just leave everybody with a cliff, uh, a, a cliffhanger. Is that what you call? Them? I don't know. You're the you're, you're the big J journalist. No, no, I've I've, I've heard that. I've, I've I've heard it referenced as such. Um, one of us here was on academic probation at Northwestern. One of us was not. So, um, I I'm not doing the win. I'm not doing the wins and loss thing with with the rookie QB. Right. I mean, if we if we care about wins and losses with rookie QBs, we would have moved on from Justin Herbert last year. Right. How many? games did they lose in the end he's a stud like yes. it's i it's eyeball it's not just result damn it or, tony that's a good point screw you I mean, I mean it's not i mean you weren't saying you have to win to be great and if you win you are and if you lose you're not but i'm just saying was. that's not that's not going to las vegas and beating a raiders team that frankly has been playing better than its pay grade um i'm, I'm not sold and also who the Raiders beat? Uh, the Steelers, who are not great. The Ravens. The Ravens. Kind of game. The, Raven, the Ravens is a good one. The Dolphins are not good. They barely beat the Dolphins, right? Like, And now they've played the Chargers, who clearly have a pulse. They lost. The Bears, they lost. I mean, the Raiders are a 500 team at best. At okay. best. We'll, so. revis- we'll revisit this, and you'll probably be right, and I'll probably be wrong. That's how it goes on the Michigan State of Sports. But, Tony, you've got a busy day ahead. I've got a busy day ahead. We thank you all for tuning in to the Michigan State of Sports. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. And we'll continue this roller coaster of a ride where just kind of unpredictable. We don't know what's next. No, we don't. And uh, But we appreciate you uh, sticking with us either way and listening and uh, and requesting and wondering where we were last week. We appreciate your concern. We're back. Uh, I would say better than ever, but pretty much on par with normal. So but No, uh, an easy way to solve that is just set the little alerts on the old Spotify or the, um, yeah. what's the other one, the Apple podcast. And that, mm-hmm. that way, you know, you just get a little... A little push noty, as they call them. Yep, yep. Google Podcasts as well. I didn't know people used Google Podcasts. Um, not many do, or at least not a lot of people listen to us through that medium. But I got a little notification, and there were, I won't say hundreds, but dozens <laughs> of, uh, of of Google Podcast listens last Look month. I not know people use Google. So Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever. Uh, we'll just bring that up in our time. next uh, Michigan State of Sports audience engagement meeting that we have periodically. <laughs> Yes, we do, to to go over our numbers. Um, All right, thank you, Jacob. Uh, Absolutely, Tony. Have a great day. Thank you all for tuning in. He's Tony Garcia. I'm Jake Reitman. We'll talk to you next time in the Michigan State of Sports.